What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership Podcast. We have Ricky Wynn here from Florence, South Carolina. Uh, he is the uh, the founder of the Millennium Movement, and uh, I'm excited to have you here, man. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you, man. I appreciate you uh, taking time, you know, letting me be on your show, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, kick the conversation off with uh, this first question. Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What, what comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Uh, championship leadership is just, when I hear about championship, I just think about the greats of the greats, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, my idol, rest in peace, was Kobe. So, with, with him being at a young kid, you know, an Asian kid as well, too, you know, we look up, I look up to Kobe a lot and then just kind of, I want to mimic him, just kind of learn from his game. But I looked up to, like, a lot of great players. I was an athlete. So, when I look at championship leadership, it's just like, the first part is just, you know, you have to have that championship mindset to always want to always be great, but to always like, no matter what it is, you know, what obstacles is in the way, just you got to get through it. Uh, you know, as an athlete, you go through injuries, you know, doubts, critics, you know, you go to AAU camps, you get people that are giving you ranks and stars, you know, that you're not good enough. You're, you are that and stuff like this. So yeah. um, that championship mindset is that, you know, no matter what it is, you always have to persevere and push through to, you know, overcome to make it to the top. And then, you know, the leadership mindset, you know, you always have to be fruitful, but, but be grateful to, to, to be in a position, but to lead others as well. You know, a winner always makes sure, you know, everyone follows and leads and, you know, that everyone's winning as well too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. What, what uh, you said, you're an athlete. What, what sports did you play? Uh, mainly basketball. I didn't play. I'm not a big guy, so I couldn't play football. I'm, yeah. I'm a scrawny dude. I'm a scrawny tall guy. <laughs> But yeah, I played basketball since um uh since I was, I started when I was twelve and then uh stopped playing around seven like when I was sixteen, seventeen, I stopped playing, uh got kinda caught with an injury around sixteen years old after my um my sophomore year after the season. We were playing in like in a pickup game and then I just came bad like down on a on a fast break layup. Broke the guy came down on my leg, like my right leg completely turned and you know snapped and half and like just kind of broke in oh, um so after that you know I had to take a year of rehab right after that training with you know and uh nba trainer my friend um 
June Wright uh, Sr., so shout out to June. But his dad was um, an NBA player. He played at Clemson, but he also played for the 76ers as well, too. But I also had a, a, um, an overseas player. He played at my local college. His name is Everett Gary. So those are my two trainers at the time. So I was kind of training heavy at the time because senior years were approach, was approaching and stuff like that. I was going back and forth from Florence, but I was still deciding to play in Florence or go back home to Missouri and play because um, back at home, you know, the high school, they wanted me to come and play to kind of – they were on a championship run and stuff. So they wanted me to kind of go back home to, uh, you know, kind of play with them and just kind of help them out. But during the summer, during one of the workouts, I was, you know, another workout drill – kind of came down and my left knee this time hyperextended in and then it tore my meniscus and my MCL and it was just like kind of called quits after that. Yeah. 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 What, um, well tell us a little bit more about you and, and, and the path that you've been on and what you are up to today. You know, you get the millennium movement, talk about that a bit and, uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. So just kind of quick backstory, um, kind of started when I was around 13, 14 years old. Um, you know, I got started selling to Vima, which was, uh, a network marketing company. It was an energy drink company at the time. Uh, one of my friends was getting into it. Like I said, I was playing basketball. So I went to the gym and they were kind of having like a business discussion. So, you know, I was kind of wanting to learn about, you know, at that time I was always entrepreneurial, like mindset. I had always, you know, wanted to find a way, new ways to make money. My parents were both nail salon and business owners. So for me, just kind of working, trying to find more money, just working for myself. That's always just kind of been, you know, in my mind, you know, it's always been set up for me by my parents as well too. So around that time I got caught up and like I was started getting to network marketing around 13 or 14. And then I stopped around that time when I was 15 years old, um, a mentor at that time of mine, he took me under his wing and I started, you know, reselling sneakers, learning how to basically restore sneakers, uh, turning a, a deadbeat pair into a brand new pair. Uh, so my main focus was basically Jordan. So, you know, you could get any Jordan, a Jordan one to a Jordan 12, right? You know, their bottom is dirty with rocks. It looks black. You know, the top is paint chipping off everything. Like I'll turn a, a deadbeat pair into a, basically it looked like it came out the, the store, right? Make it br- yeah. look brand new. So that was my main focus. Cause uh, at the time in high school, it was just, you know, I, like I said, it was just about making money. So selling sneakers online, I was, I started selling on eBay. So that was my main thing was selling sneakers online, making money. So, was, you know, I was making good money. So I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Did that for about a couple of years. And then around 17, I kind of just got caught up. It was just like, I kind of got caught up. My, my best friend back at home, one of my friends committed suicide. So at that time, just got super depressed. Um, wasn't really focused on school. Um, you know, bad breakup at that time. You know, everyone goes through that high school breakup, right? So I had my high school breakup, wasn't going through it. It was the same time, right? So it wasn't just a looking back at it. It, was just, it wasn't good. So I kind of got caught up uh, with, the bad, with a bad crowd bad group of friends as well too. And then just kind of started smoking weed, you know, just kind of like people say, you know, relieve the pain, just kind of like, you know, escape or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, for me, it was an excuse. And then just kind of getting caught up with to that, um, you know, had a bad crowd. And then, you know, eventually, you know, they, they raided a crib two weeks after my birthday when I turned 17, you know, we were kind of being watching stuff, but, you know, they raided a crib. Um, and eventually, you know, I got kind of, I, I got locked up with two pounds, getting caught with two, t- uh, two pounds of marijuana and then two unregistered firearms. And then, you know, after that, it was just kind of seemed like, you know, damn, you know, if this is a life I'm headed to, it's not going to be a good life. And then, you know, I know one thing for sure is that, you know, my parents are disappointed in me, you know, just kind of 
the path that I was before and just kind of getting caught up with the bad crowd, they knew that it wasn't me. And I knew it wasn't me as well, too. So, you know, after that time, you know, luckily I had great lawyers that, you know, helped me through the situation, you know. Um, but just did community service time as well, too. But with all that being said, it's just, you know, after that, I just I had to make sure I had to find the right path for myself. But also, like you said, have that championship mindset, how to become great, but make sure that it's not just my friends anymore, but it's just for me. So after that, I just kind of start getting more into personal development, just start focusing on myself at the time as well. But also um, at the time, you know, like I said, I, I, around 17, but at, at 16 years old, I was also diagnosed with Tourette's as well. Had it for 10 years prior since I was six, but at that time I was bullied and picked on with on top of all of this as well. So it was just, you know, I was like, it was just a bad road for me. So I know like afterwards I had to make sure that I got into the right path of personal development. So I spent a year just kind of studying, kind of learning about, you know, who I was, how to, you know, talk with people, how to be friends, you know, how to actually build the pillars for success just for myself to have the right group of people to write, you know, my five, my top five friends around me, make sure that, you know, who, who my closest inner circle is. And then after that, it just, I kind of got caught. Uh, I went to New York, went to a mastermind, a dream mastermind event. Um, and then after that, I met another great podcast, a shout out to Casey Adams. After going to meet Casey Adams, just kind of talk to him how he started his podcast. Um, he was like, you know, if there's something you have to say, you know, if, there, if you want to talk about something, you know, start it. He just kind of gave me the ins and out how to do a podcast. And then on the train ride home, I was like, one of my, I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, yo, I was like, Frankie, I'm, I'm about to start a podcast. I was like, I'm really going to do it. He's like, dude, do it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. So after I got home, just kind of researching how to do it, how to start it, work, how to upload my podcast, how to get it on Apple, how to get and basically everything, right? So just the ins and out of doing podcasting. Yeah. I was so committed to it. So I got home and just kind of started it. And um, yeah, it's been a journey ever since. That's great, man. I love it. So yeah. Uh, the millennium movement, what, where did that come from? The na name for that? And how'd you, how did that come about? Yeah, the millennial movement is just, um, it's basically for the millennials, you know, where people say that we're in quote, quote, a technology era, right? So, you know, everything is, everything is more digital now. You know, you could order food online, you know, you could get a car, you know, to pick you up at any time of the day online, like on your phone, like mobile now. So everything is digital. Everything is, we're in a technology era. So as millennials, we grew up in this generation where we know so much about technology, but there's so much ways when I went to the, when I went to the event, there were so many millennials that I saw them making money without working, you know, at a family business. Cause my whole life was a family business. You come here, you make money, you save it for your family, you get another business, you keep going, you run other family businesses. So that was always my mindset at first, but seeing how other millennials, they make money online. It was like, we're now more in a di uh, digital technology era that I just, myself in general did open my eyes to see, oh, there's so much ways and so many more avenues to make more money online than just a nine to five career as well. But also for myself, looking back, I didn't know that I was, you know, making money online because I was selling sneakers on eBay. Right. So that's basically yeah, yeah. digital money. Right. So, yeah. So basically, like, so in the millennial movement is just now where, where there's so many avenues, there's so many ways to make money, you know, like social media marketing, e-commerce, podcasting, YouTube, blogging. So, you know, real estate, just like Airbnb, there's so many ways, Uber, there's so many ways to make money online. So I call it the millennial movement. It was just basically because I wanted to showcase entrepreneurs, but influencers, but business icons and leaders in this world 
to showcase how there's so many avenues to make money through the digital marketing space, but in different, different avenues as well, but also giving a tips towards success for the young millennials to make it into this next generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it, man. That's great. So, uh, what, let's talk a little bit. I know you mentioned Casey Adams, but uh, he's been on the show. So yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with Casey and, uh, glad you brought him up, but who are some of the other championship leaders that you've, you've, uh, that have impacted you that you've come into contact with throughout your life? Um, you know, coaches, mentors, and, and more so about who it is, but like, what is it about them? The characteristics that really stand out to you that make them the great championship leaders? Yeah, for sure. So one that just definitely pops up off the top of my head is uh, shout out to my big brother, uh, William Wilson. So William, he's, um, he's a clothing designer. He's a famous clothing designer for, you know, big celebrities. Like I call him the Kings of comedy, right? I grew up watching, I'm a nineties baby. So George Lopez, Cedric, the entertainer, DL Hewley, Eddie Griffin, all those big people like are the kings of comedy for me as well. So, but so many other, you know, athletes, NFL stars, basketball players, baseball players as well. He makes, you know, suits for them as well. So I, he's one of the, the, the main people I look up to just because of his attitude, his characteristics, like you said. But um, the main thing is just like how, how, how he's composed, how he kind of carries out different things, but you know, how, how he treats others as well too. That's my biggest thing was just kind of looking after him was just, after the first interview, you know, he kind of accepted me for who I was, but you know, like, you know, we talk like we're, we're, we were friends. Like we, like we known each other our whole life, but you know, like he, like I was so, like I said, I'm a Virgo. So I'm so truthful, but I'm so blunt. I'm so open at first that like what, what I say is just like, all right. It's like how my mindset is like, you, you have to, you either have to love me for who I am or hate me for who I'm not, you know? So it's like, I'd rather be hated for, you know, I'd rather be loved, you know, for who I am than hated for who I'm not. So he accepted that. And then just after the fact, it was just, he took me under his wing. But anytime I needed help, he, I called him, I texted him at 12, 12 a.m., 1 a.m. at night. He would still hit me back up in like five, 10 minutes, whatever. But it was just, he cared, but he also like made sure that, you know, if I needed help, then, you know, he's always there. But it was just, you know, that kindness that I got from him that, you know, you don't see in a lot of people. Um, another big one is Ryan White, my good friend at, uh, in Atlanta as well. So he, he, he's been a real big mentor in my life and a great, great friend. Um, just kind of anytime I need help or just kind of reach out to him about something, um, talking with new people, he's, he's always there for me. But, you know, he's, like I said, it's, it's the, the difference between great people and, you know, at good people is that, you know, it's the characteristics, how, how they treat others, but the, the friendship, the network as well, too, the relationship that we have. So it's not just like, you know, you give and I ask for something back, but it's just that genuine relationship that we have with each other. Um, I think that's what, that's what makes them champions, but you know, also great mentors and great friends as well too. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And it, you know, like you said, it's so important to have those people in your life mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's, it's awesome that you're able to kind of really recognize what it is. that's special about them that really sticks out that you can also, that probably, you know, we all take little bits and pieces from, from people that, that cross our paths that impact us to help mold us into the leader that we are as well. So. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And it's, I, I don't, it's, it's not, it's not about really like, you know, and through a tough time as well, I don't like to be about political, but you know, through a tough time, you know, I don't really judge about it, the skin colors, but it's more about the hearts and you know, how, how their mindset is, you know, how they treat others. You know, that's yeah. to me, that's the most important thing. If you have a great heart, you have a great mindset, you treat others well, it doesn't matter what color you are, but you know, that means you're a great person in my eye, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what it should be for sure. 
with um what's what's the direction like what's the vision for you what's the impact you want to make uh with what you what you're up to right now millennium movement and you get you get the podcast where are you headed let's say even just short term you know maybe five years from now where do you want to be what's the impact you want to make yeah for sure definitely my the impact really the goal is just you know i really want to just be able to to so just kind of help everyone, you know, just kind of all the millennials, but everyone and, you know, just kind of young people in general, just kind of find that path. You know, I'm from, uh, um, I grew up then not in the greatest area. You know, I was born in Missouri, St. Joseph, Missouri, uh, moved to Florence, which, you know, technically quote, quote is kind of where I'm at is like the hood a lot. So, you know, uh-huh. you kind of grew up in a bad area where, you know, you, there's not a lot of, you know, people that you kind of look up to, or you kind of are, or have, has that reaching hands, like, you know, the mentors that I have in my life now. So basically it's just, you know, I want to be able to help all the millennials that, you know, there's so many people, not just in my town, but around the world that doesn't have that helping hand, someone to reach out to, you know, I want to be able for them to be able to reach out to me, you know, Hey, I have this problem to help with, but, you know, be able to connect them to the right people, help them find the right mentor, find the right people to help them get on the right path so that, you know, others could achieve greatness, you know, just like I found it myself, you know, cause Everyone has that in them. For me, you know, I was bullied and picked on when I was a kid. So, you know, from six to, you know, even through high school, even now, like, people look at me, like, with a disability. But it's not say, like, this is not who I am, but it makes me who I am. You know, it's just a part of me. But, you know, I, I love – I tell people, like, you know, I love, I love myself more than you. So if you're going to hate me, you're going to hate – you're going to hate yourself. So, it's like, you know, I love myself so much. Like, I don't care – who who looks at me differently so you know i want to be able to help other people just create that same impact that you know no matter what you have disability you don't have no help no friends you know i want to be that helping hand like you know to make that impact towards you know you know look at me as a disability but be able to speak with great people like with you as well nate but make that impact toward other people but i want to be able to get them to those right people as well you know as well too yeah absolutely i love Mm -hmm. that Let's let's shift gears just a little bit, and I know you've you've mentioned uh, a few of these probably already, but um, I always love to ask, like, what's a critical moment in your life, kind of that fork in the road moment, where you know, obviously, you made the decision that you did, which which has you where you are today, and has you on the trajectory that you are on today. But you know, had you made a different decision in that moment, you'd be in a very different place uh, than you are right now. I think it's powerful for listeners to hear hear those moments because they're in them themselves mm-hmm. and sometimes it's hard to decide which way to go uh is there a moment that really stands out that you can really get into and, and talk about man if i would have if i would have responded differently or chose differently in that moment you'd be you'd be very easily somewhere else in your life um definitely man for sure it's when i got after my best friend kind of committed suicide he 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 died it was just it kind of hit me hard like i was going to school i remember i had a i, I even People even know it here, but, you know, I, I look back, you know, grateful for some people. You know, they did a whiteout day for me as well, too, because, like, they kind of care. But I did a whiteout. That was our colors. So I just okay. did a whiteout just to kind of honor my friend. Yeah, after that, it was just I kind of, like, I got caught into, you know, selling drugs, kind of seeing it as, you know, making more money than sneakers at the time. But, you know, I was yeah. doing good. But, you know, like, you get caught up into the lifestyle, but, you know, you get caught up with bad friends. That's just who you become naturally. You know, like they say, your closest five friends, that's who naturally you become, right? And it's true. So the people I was around, they were just bad people. So that mindset was just, I kind of had that watching my shoulder mentality, you know, being on a corner, you know, just stuff like that. But it's just like, 
like really just like that dope, you know, like a dope dealing mentality, which, you know, I look back on it. I wish I didn't go down that path because, you know, like I look back at it and I was just, all right, if I did this situation differently, if I could have just controlled myself and just handled it differently, then maybe it looked, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, it puts me in a position, but probably, you know, I would have been, had a successful, you know, I think about like, you know, if I didn't do this, I would have had a successful sneaker store. Or if I didn't do this, I could have played, you know, basketball. I could have gone to college, got a scholarship, you know, got a scholarship to play ball. Because I also stopped, you know, training, you know, after my, my, my knee and my ankle is healthy, you know, I just stopped training and just got caught up. So it's just like, you know, I could have gone play basketball somewhere at college. Um, so it's just a lot of what, you know, ifs and I could have moments, but, you know, I'm grateful that I went through the situation, you know, it just kind of made me who I am, but kind of yeah. just kind of know my surroundings a lot more, you know, it, it, it definitely made me grow and mature a lot faster than most people. I would say just kind of being on the road. Like I said, I was 15 to like 15 to 17. I was selling sneakers. Uh, so there's a, uh, a big, big event every year. They host it like in every city called SneakerCon. So they've been to like Minnesota, New York, Philadelphia, Florida, like everywhere, right? Uh, yeah. Dallas. So I just traveled to all these places and then it just, you know, it made me more mature, you know, at a young age that I am now than, um, than most people. So if I could take that back, I, you know, that would be the one thing is just, you know, not get caught up and not trying to go down that lifestyle and just kind of, you know, stay, stay the person I would have been just kind of, you know, just kind of see how it turned out. But yeah, past uh, is the past. You can't change it. You know, no it makes you the person who you are. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. What are you ever going to get back into the sneaker business or what? Oh yeah. I, I'm planning to, I'm planning yeah. to just because like I'm moving, like I, I got, I'm moving down to Charleston as well too. Okay. So I got, uh, I have an apartment. So, you know, I'm renovating a new studios, a new studio as we speak right there. So getting my studio set up, but also getting back into the sneaker game as well, just because, you know, when you, you know get, the market, where do you get the good sneakers at from? Where do you, where do you get them from to, to refurb and like? Um, basically everywhere. Like, you know, you have friends that, that has shoes that wants them to get restored or they have sneakers that they just want to owe sneakers. They want to sell, right. They just need a quick couple bucks with, uh, here and there. But you, there's so many different avenues. You go to, there's Facebook groups, uh, Facebook marketplace, uh, let go, offer up. So there's just many like um, Instagram. So like, you know, there's a lot of different avenues. Like I said, it's yeah. more technology. So yeah, everything's online. You could just message Facebook. Hey, you want to meet up? Da, da, da. I'll give you this price for it. So yeah. you get them at, a so I give them at like a really cheap price. So um, I guess you, you know, super cheap, 50 to 60. What are you reselling some, some, some Jordans for once you, once you fix them up? Uh, under retail. So I'm yeah. I'm giving good deals too, and but they look brand new. So it'd be like one sixty, one you know one fifty to like one sixty. But if it's but some shoe that's you know like a more popular shoe, then yeah. it's just like a little bit above retail. But a lot okay. of people that that are sneaker connoisseurs, um, they know the market, they know the value yeah. for sneakers, right? So like, yeah. um, a brand new like for what's hot right now, a a Yeezy, uh, Yeezy shoes, right? Yeah. So um, a Yeezy Pirate Black. Uh, which is a, a V1 shoe. They only made, they didn't make as many of those as they make them now. So the value is more higher than the value of some Yeezys now. So those pair go for like 1100 to $1,200 okay. a pair, right? And how much could you pick up a pair of those for like to rehab? Uh, so I would pick them up. I would, if, if I'm getting a multiple pair deal or just say 
let's just say if I'm doing one, right? Yeah. I wouldn't go no higher than 900. Okay. Okay. Because it's, it's between eight, like really 850s, like pushing it. Yeah. Okay. But like if I'm generous, then like nine. 850 to nine, make a few hundred yeah. dollars on that. Because if at the, at the time of the market, if it's at 12, then if I want it, because at the venue, I know that I can quick, I can flip it quick to a buyer and make that 300 cash real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if the market, like if I had to sell online, I had to sit on it, I had to wait. But also, um, there's like uh, apps now where you can sell it and they're uh, verified called, there is two of them, Goat and Stock Eggs. So you sell it, but they take a fee from it, right? Right, right. But you don't want to do the fees. Like, you know, you want, you want just like, you want your money, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so like, but if I'm buying a multiple pair deal, like for those, I'll try to get them for like 800. Okay. And if I could sell them for 11, 12, you know, that's the profit margins for that. But a lot of the shoes like Jordans, um, I, I just do them in big numbers. You know, if I get a pair for 50 or 60, or like really, you know, sell for 170, that's just the profit margins right there yeah. are different. Right, but right. on a on a higher scale quantity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome, man. We start to wrap this up. What If there's like one or two things you could leave with the listeners that, man, if they implement today to help them move their life forward today, what would that be? Um, one is figuring out your why I, I give two is one is figuring out your why and, 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 and number two is finding a good mentor or a few good mentors and people in your circle. Um, number one, find out your why is just because that's the biggest thing for me. When I was taught growing up, getting to network marketing, you know, we, uh, we had a close relationship with Bob Proctor. He yeah. was kind of like our, um, our guru, like our speaker and just kind of uh, our, like, you know, our mentor for our company. Right. Yeah. So uh, people like Alex Morton, Brad Alcazin, Tom Alcazin, Eric Thomas, Bob Proctor, Gary V. I met them at a young age, but I didn't know who they were until <laughs> I grew up. I'm like, damn. I'm like, yo, I met all these people when I was younger. I don't remember it. Like I look back, I look back at my notes. I'm like, Gary V. I'm like, wait, hold up. I met Gary V. when I was 13. I'm like, whoa. All right. <laughs> so I just had to look back. Right. But yeah. it's about when, when, when I went to the company, they, they told me that like, your why has to make you cry. If your why doesn't make you cry, you don't have a big enough why. And that hit me and that stuck with me ever since. And it's just because if you have to find something that you're so passionate about, and this, and the main question is, why do you do your podcast? Why do you do this, right? Why do you have a, like, my is, why do you have a nail salon business? Why is, that's the biggest question for everyone is like, why are you doing it? So it's yeah, like, absolutely. it's a passion for me. It's, you have to explain it so well that the other people can feel you, not just hear you, but feel it in their body. And that's what I want to, like, I, anytime I go, just, I'm, I'm like, my personality is that I don't care who you are, but I focus on energy. If I don't like your energy, I leave. But I want you to understand my energy and hear where I'm coming from. So I want you to feel me. So, you know, the thing is that my why is that, you know, I want you to, you have to have a big enough why that you are so passionate about something that makes you want to do it every day for the rest of your life that you just want to keep pushing no matter what. And that you know that you're not just doing it just to do it, but you're doing it for a reason. You have a reason to do it. Mine is because I have to rest. Any job I went to, in my town, I'm top three, the best sneaker seller in my town. But no, but you know, those sneaker stores in the mall, you know, 16 years old, you want to get a job, you want to make money. No one would hire me just because of quote, quote, it's discrimination, but they can't say it, but you know, it's bad for their storefront, the image, because I had to rest, right? Uh-huh. So it's just, 
I knew my wife that I can't get a job anywhere without people judging me, without people looking at me a certain way. And at that time, it's just, I didn't, I was so insecure, so introverted of myself that, you know, it was just like, you know, F the world, you know, people look at me differently. I don't like you. I don't care. But now it's just like, people are so open about people accept me more. It's just now I get to be who I am. And it's just now I get to do what I love. I don't want to go back to that job, but it's just, I'm doing it for me. And um, second is just finding a great mentor, a few great mentors, just because I read somewhere, it's just, when you have a mentor, instead of doing something by yourself, you have a mentor that will cut the time in half for you of what they learn that they can implement and teach you so that you can achieve success faster than they did. And, and, and that really got to me just because when you find a great mentor, it's just not in the benefit of just saying, hey, that's my mentor but they really take you under their wing. They care for you like they're, you know, like family, like your little brother, like, you know, little, bro- uh, little brother, big brother. And that's how I look at my mentors that, you know, I can always rely on them. It's just not as a friend or just a mentor, but they're my big brothers that, you know, I can call them just, you know, as not just business topics, business discussions, but just in general, if I need help with something, I know that I can rely on them, but they can always give me that advice that will always turn back to in, you know, a business, entrepreneurship, positive mindset, attitude. And that's what I love about it. You have to have great people in, uh, uh, in your circle. Because if, you know, like they said, your top five friends, it makes you who you are. You know, if they said, if your top five friends are millionaires, you're the sixth one, right? So, you know, if you have top five friends, they're not, they're, they smoke weed, they're chilling, they're playing Xbox, they're complaining. You're trapped in a cage. You don't have a circle, you have a cage. So it's just, you want to find those mentors that can guide you in the right direction, but teach you, you know, the, the years of the experience that they have, you know, and, and curve it um, for your time experience to, to, to achieve success. So that's, those are my two biggest things. Absolutely. I love it, man. Thank you. What, uh, what are a few ways the listeners can find more about you, follow you and, and what you got going on in, in your world? Yeah. So you can check out the millennial movement on all streams platform as uh, millennial. I know it's kind of spelled weird, but it's M I L L E N N I L. And then movement. You can look me up on Instagram facebook uh ricky win mindset um and yeah yeah absolutely i appreciate it and we'll, we'll definitely get those linked up uh thanks man thanks ricky for being here it's been great i loved it and uh let's stay connected man awesome thank you nate for having me on the show again i appreciate you uh just taking time doing it man it was fun yeah absolutely awesome in 05 and 06 i deployed to kuwait i used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby.